Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I'm your host, Sarah Fennell, international fitness model and former IFBB pro figure athlete turned personal development sponge, entrepreneur, and online marketing junkie. I want to have it all in life, and I am not afraid to admit it. This show is for high-performing, high-vibing humans who are ready to take action, step through their fears, and up-level their life and business. Join me as we take one more step closer to that today. Welcome back to another episode of The Fulfillment Project. I'm Sarah Fennell. I have a smashing interview for you guys today with the one and only Regan Hillier. If you've never heard of her, check her out, creep her, look her up. She is a powerhouse of a woman, of an entrepreneur who has really built a business and a life that she loves and it's what she coaches on. She's a coach, she's a speaker, she's a multi-brand entrepreneur. She's built a seven-figure empire for herself and she's truly a powerhouse in the entrepreneurial world. She, Her passion is really helping others achieve extensive financial and personal abundance and this is powered by her vision where she believes that every human has the ability to unlock his or her greatness. We dive into this interview talking about her trials and tribulations and and really building a brand, transitioning out of other businesses that were successful, but they just weren't fueling her. And I also asked her what she would do if she had to build her business from scratch all over again, not knowing anybody. So we'll get to that answer for now. Here's the interview. Hi, Regan. Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. I'm so happy to have you here today. Hey, Sarah. It's awesome to be here. Thanks for having me. Amazing. So, I mean, I just came into uh, your contact, you know, a few months ago down in San Diego, and I've kind of been doing a whole uh, Regan creep zone going on here. And you seem to have created quite an amazing business for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely an extension of my heartbeat. I'm very grateful. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you know, you promote yourself well and, you know, you talk about running a seven-figure business, but I'd love to strip that all back and take us back to when you started and, and how did this whole adventure start for yourself? Definitely. It, it was really about 10 years ago now. And, um, you know, I grew up in Auckland, New Zealand, and I was born into a family that very much believed and you know, following the system and educating yourself and going to school and university and a job and all of that. And so I went down that path really not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. And I was studying to be an architect at the time. And I had this moment where I just realized one day that, you know what, even though I'm good at this and I'm getting good grades, I just don't want to do this. And so I actually went to Google and I started Googling, how do you quit your nine to five job? And I didn't even have one, but I was trying to get out of it. Right. And so I came across an ebook, which led me to my first wealth creation seminar. It was a four day event. Um, and that really opened my eyes to the possibility that there were some other avenues and other ways to create a life of freedom. And so that was very much my first entry into everything. Mm, Beautiful. And when you, you know, decided to go the entrepreneurial route, what were the services, uh, or venture that you started to offer? Look, it was a really organic process in the beginning. I just kind of started grasping at straws, trying to figure out a way. You know, I was learning how to invest in property, how to trade currency, sales, marketing, like online business, everything. And nothing was really working until I started working on myself and doing the internal work and actually conditioning myself to succeed. And the moment I started doing that, my life started shifting around me and people just started naturally coming to me and saying, hey, like I've seen your results. I've seen you've started this business. I've seen this. I've seen that. 
um, you know, how are you doing it? And I started just helping people and just telling them for free, like, look, I would do this and stop doing this and go over here and do that. And people started coming back to me and saying, wow, you know what? Thank you so much. I started doing that. It's changed my life. I now get to do this. And that was the very first moment that I really felt uh, the feeling of purpose, you know, and I thought to myself, maybe there's something in this. And that was the moment when I launched my first coaching business and it was a a one-on-one consulting company. And it was literally just me on the phone each and every single day with people. And to give you some perspective of where I started, you know, my first product and package was a a 12-week one-on-one program where I was on the phone with them for an hour to two and a half hours once a week. And I literally charged $300 for that session, that package for the 12 weeks. And so, yeah, that's where I started. Wow. Wow. And I, I bet you've scaled from there. It's it's interesting when we start on this venture of entrepreneurship. And I, I was like yourself, I was a dental hygienist and I got into fitness. And I love how you said that it was just so organic for you. And, you know, I look around at so many people and they're, they're trying things or they're going on that next path that people said is the right thing to do. But if it truly doesn't come from within and it doesn't come organically and it's not really an experience that you're sharing, it's hard to, to coach from that, hor- from that heart space. Totally. It a thousand percent is. And I think so many people are trying to look outside of themselves for the answers and they're trying to, you know, create and kind of force things to happen instead of actually remembering how powerful they are and that all the answers lie within them. Mm-hmm. Now, has your, your vision or your message in your business changed over the years? Yeah, look, it's definitely developed and shifted as I've gone. And this is one thing that I tell people around messaging and around branding is that, you know, when you get clear on this, you're not pouring concrete on it and you really want to have it in a way where you can develop and grow your vision and your message and your brand as you grow and develop because it should always be a reflection of you, right? And so I think the core of it ultimately has stayed the same around really helping people have it all in their life and and obviously living a life that reflects that. Um, But there's been different facades, different moments, different angles that I've taken on that and, and it's definitely I guess deepened as I've gone. Mm-hmm. And have you remembered any specific moments where you've had growth and you're like, no, that this needs to shift, my message needs to shift, or I need to create this new program? What did that feel like for you? Yeah, absolutely. There was a really critical turning point for me, actually, where I I basically I transitioned from doing the one on one work with people and I transitioned into building an offline education company. And so, you know, I really loved that. And and it was um, it was in alignment with me. And I enjoyed, you know, I guess the flow of the business and how it was working. And I I grew that to be roughly a million dollars a year, that business. So on the outside, people were going, wow, you know what? You're so successful. This is so great. You're doing so well. But I had this moment where I was I was standing outside a room ready to basically go in and teach and people had invested thousands of dollars to come in and hear me speak. And I remember standing outside the room and just thinking to myself, you know what, I don't want to go inside. And it was this weird feeling in the pit of my stomach. And I I went in and obviously served the clients. But after that, I, I went to Bali for a few weeks and really dug deep within and asked myself, you know what? why am I feeling like this? And and I realized a few things, you know, the way I'd set up this business, firstly, um, I wasn't able to 
serve the amount of people I wanted to serve. It was set up where I really, you know, it was a small room event and, um, you know, it was, there was only so many people we could put in those spaces basically. And secondly, I really wanted to do this from anywhere in the world from my laptop and it wasn't set up that way. It had to be in Australia or New Zealand to make it work. And so I actually walked away from that business. I shut it down. So many people told me not to do it and that I was crazy and <laughs> I was going to lose everything, but it was the best thing that I did. And, you know, when I launched my brand online, um, I got really, really, really clear on how do I want to authentically show up as me, brand myself as me, live a life in alignment and create products and services that are in alignment with my true vision. So yeah, I did a, a big cut, a big release and, and literally started from scratch again. Mm. How, what did that feel like to go through that? Because there's almost like a grieving process and, and I've been through the same as well, where you, you've built up, you know, from scratch, something and a brand and an, and an income. And then you're like, this doesn't feel good. I need to move forward, but this is your income. So what did that feel like for you? And what was that period between transitioning for you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to lie. It was scary. It was daunting. Um, you know, I had, I had all the self-talk in the world <laughs> around how I was going to screw it up and, you know, how I was going to mess it up and, you know, kind of that mentality of, oh, it's working. Don't break it. You know, <laughs> don't, don't shut down, don't change it or shut down something that's working. Um, so I had to do a lot of inner work around that and really remember that I was choosing to choose alignment on a daily basis. And ultimately, I think that's the moment in my life where I really decided that you know what alignment comes first purpose comes first my highest calling comes first my vision comes first and I was so committed at that point that even if it had taken me 30 years to figure it out I would have sat there and figured it out you know there was no plan b there was no exit option there was no I'll just go back to the other business I literally set myself up in a way where the only way was forward and I just didn't have any option around it Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that would be the best option instead of turning back to, to comfort zone where, you know, a lot of people love to stay in that comfort bubble. But if we don't move and we don't grow, then, you know, that fulfillment doesn't continue. Totally. What does it feel? What would, what, do, how would you describe fulfillment? Fulfillment for me is waking up each and every single day feeling so, so, so truly good about who you are, what you're doing in the world, and how you get to serve people. And for me, you know, fulfillment isn't just something where you're like, oh, great, I'm fulfilled now. I tick that box and next kind of thing. Like I, I figured that out years ago. For me, it's a constant evolution and it's it's a constant reassessment. And every single day it's looking at, you know, what is my highest excitement right now? And am I really choosing to live into that? And if I was more fulfilled, what would be going on. And so for me, it's always peeling back the layers of fulfillment rather than going, oh yeah, you know, I figured out fulfillment years ago, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they say the, um, the worst thing that can happen is, you know, to create something and to create success and then not have fulfillment that that's the ultimate failure. So I'm glad that you're, you're really self-aware and you've been able to, to redirect things in your business to continue that process for yourself. Exactly. It's everything. And I think there's so many people that are making a lot of money and have a lot of success on paper, right? But then ultimately, you know, they're, they're not loving it and they're not waking up every single day excited and motivated um, because they're not listening to themselves and they're not saying yes to whatever that excitement is, probably because it's not convenient or it's a little bit scary and, you know, it's a little bit outside of your comfort zone. So I feel like the more you can say yes to the things that are the furthest outside of your comfort zone, the more rewarding they're going to be each and every single time. 100%. Especially growing a business or growing a personal brand, you get to have fun with it. I mean, business is not easy. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. But if you're not having fun and you don't feel good, what's the point of everything? 
Oh my goodness, I know. <laughs> yes. What has been the biggest learning lesson in your entrepreneurial career? Man, I I think there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. I feel like, you know, there wasn't one big critical turning point, but I feel like it's constant learning and it's constant falling forward. You know, I, I think there's been so many times where other people would say that I failed at things. But for me, those were my biggest learnings because for me, I'm always looking at, well, you know what, there's no success or there's no failure. There's just learning. Um, but I think, you know, ultimately one of the biggest things is learning to trust myself. You know, I always think to myself, if I was to do it again, you know, what would I really do differently? And there were so many beautiful learnings on the way that I wouldn't even change the failures, but I would just trust myself more. And those moments where I felt, oh, I really should say yes to this, even though it's scary. Or those moments where it's like, you know what, this isn't convenient, but I'm going to say no, even though everyone thinks I should say yes. Um, It's really, you know, trusting that stuff and trusting yourself. And I really believe at the end of the day, your intuition's right in the answer lie within you. Mm-hmm. And if you're following that right path and it feels good and you're following that intuition, it just fuels you even further to push ahead. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now let's scale. I mean, we can talk about seven figure businesses, six figure businesses. Let's scale things back uh, to some of the people who pr- may be listening to this, who, you know, they're struggling to make $50,000 in their business and they can't even <laughs> think about getting to, to six figures. What does it look like to, to scale a business? Yeah. So I really believe that scaling is an internal game. There's obviously strategic things that you can do on the outside and, and things that you can say yes to. And, you know, yeah, again, strategic things that you can do, but none of that's going to work if you're not aligned internally. So for me, when it comes to scaling, I'm always getting clear firstly on the vision, right? The vision really getting clear on, okay, cool. Where am I going? What am I committed to? What does this look like? And then one of the biggest things internally, which has worked for me with scaling is putting pushing past that limit. So what I mean when I say this is, let's say the goal is to scale to $100,000, for example. I wouldn't stop there. I'd be then looking at, okay, cool, what does it look like after that? So if the 100K was already scaled and done, if that was my reality, what would I be focusing on? Where would I be scaling to then? What would my goal be? And so that might be 120 or 150, whatever that is, right? And it should be a next step milestone, not a ridiculous milestone, not like 100K to $10 million, right? That's something which people can't grasp. So it needs to be in a way where you can still touch it and feel it and tap into manifesting it. Now, something cool happens with this is that your internal capacity to connect with that level of money or I guess success in your business, all of a sudden, the the big goal of 100K starts becoming smaller. It starts becoming easier. It starts being like, oh, well, the 100K is just a stepping stone to the 120 or the, the 150, right? And so everything starts diminishing internally in terms of the fear and the resistance and the limits holding you back. So I think that's the biggest thing that people need to get sorted. And then, of course, there's the aligned action in whatever business that you have in terms of actually moving everything forward mm-hmm. and that money mindset and then shifting and, and letting go of those beliefs did you ever have any limiting beliefs around money when you were starting I had a book worth of limiting beliefs <laughs> around money I think we all do really <laughs> We do. And I, I still have them. You know, if you really, you know, live into and believe that your external reality is created from within, then it really is as simple as internally aligning to what you're looking to call in. So whatever the next level of money is that has not yet shown up in your life, if it's not there right now on the physical, it means that there's blocks and internal limitations holding you back. So my work is always looking at what's the next financial level and then what resistance do I need to clear and move forward in order to move 
through that. So man, I was, I was really stuck in scarcity at the beginning. I was worried about money. I had fears that it was going to run out. Um, I had a huge belief that I had to work hard and do more in order to receive more money. Like I was brought up in a family that was very much like work hard, work hard, you know, and that was great for a work ethic, but not so great in terms of money mindset and leverage. So yeah, there were a lot of things that I had to look at and, and burn in order to shift, especially in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Especially from our upbringing and, and this generation, we have a, a very different reality than our parents did. And it's, it's almost, and then you also have them in the back of your head as well as you are growing up and, and, and their beliefs still with you. So it's really just about like what you said, yeah, aligning and, and seeing that vision for yourself and connecting with what you want and not other people. Exactly. A thousand percent. You've got to constantly be doing the work. Mm-hmm. Now back to talking about scaling, what, uh, how would you go about deciding, okay, it's time to maybe hire a team on what are those moments in your business where you realize that I need some more help with this? Oh, definitely. So I love talking about team building and team is definitely a huge component when it comes to scaling. So every time I've hired anybody, every single time I've always gone, damn, I wish I did that earlier every single time. And you know, I'm someone where people look at me and go, wow, you know what? You've hired a lot of people and you've done this really quickly. Um, so I remember, um, a huge moment from when I shut down the other business, which I was running literally by myself, just myself and a business partner, right? We didn't have any team. And then I transitioned online and I swore I was going to do it differently because I was committed to not being burnt out, not being tired, not being exhausted. And I remember thinking, okay, cool. I'm going to get a VA. I'm going to get an assistant to help me with a few things in a few hours each week. Now, I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what they should be doing. I didn't know the right way, quote unquote, right, to do this. And so I sat down and I made a list and I still encourage people to do this. And I, I drew a line down the middle and down one side, I wrote out all the things that I wasn't good at in my life and my business. And the other side, I wrote all the things that I didn't like doing. And then anything that came up twice, I circled and that was my priority of what I was going to have taken care of, what I was going to outsource what I was going to hire a team for. And so I think that's always a great place to start. I'm still doing that now. And the big thing, especially if you're starting out, um, include things in your life, not just your business. Like you might say, you know what, I'm, I'm not good at cleaning the house and I really don't like doing it. Circle, circle, right? Great. That means maybe we can get a house cleaner to come in. That is part of your team. Cause if that's going to give you two to five more hours where you can go and be focused and make money and work on your business, then that's so much more valuable than doing the house cleaning yourself. Right. So I include everything when I come to team. Mm, I love that. It's also the energy you put yourself into, right? I mean, we can sit down and we can commit to tasks, but if you're not enjoying it, you're taking yourself out of state, you're draining your energy and it just reflects on everything else that you're doing. Thousands. Yeah. I hired, I hired my first VA last fall and uh, it took a good like four to six week training period, but now I'm like, oh my God, why did I not do this years ago? <laughs> right. That's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. Did, so good. Did you have any fear over giving up that control? Oh, yes. A thousand percent. So I feel like it's been a constant journey of how do I burn and surrender control um, at the next level. And yeah, there was a huge control piece around my first couple of assistants of I just wanted to do it all myself. And there was part of me that was still taking pride in doing it all myself. Look how much I've done by myself. Can I please have my gold star? Like I was still in that mindset, right? It was crazy. Um, and again, then, you know, looking more at my recent side of my business, when we're having high level team members, 
members come in and marketing strategists and people like that, you know, giving away parts of the business where you've been used to kind of managing it, especially when you've made it work and you've got results. It is a game to go, you know what? Cool. I'm going to relinquish this and release this control. Um, so that more can flow in. And I think the big thing to know energetically is you can't be in contraction and expansion at the same time. So if you're controlling something, you're contracting and your energy's closed, you're not open to receiving. So the minute you release it and let it go in a sensible way, obviously with someone that knows what they're doing, right? The minute you do that, you open yourself up to actually receiving more energetically. Mm, I love that. And you, you noticed a huge shift when you started doing that, that releasing? Yeah. Hugely. Good, good. And I, I suppose you start looking for more ways. So what can I release this? And how can I give yeah. this away? Exactly. And look, that's one of my questions to myself, at least once a week, I'm always looking at, okay, where am I controlling things? And where can I release this? And some of it's physical things in my business, like I'm controlling this launch, I'm doing these things, I don't need to be doing it, I'm going to release it. Some of it's internal, I'm controlling this because I'm really worried about it. And I'm thinking about it a lot. And you know what, I'm going to release this, this, this doesn't serve me. So I'm always looking at where can I burn control on a deeper level. Mm, nice. Let's say your business was totally gone. You had no contact list. Your social media was gone. Where would you first start to start building again now in this day and age? I mean, the online world has changed so much in the last five years. Thousand percent. I would set up a new Facebook page. I would get it looking good right away with a profile picture and, uh, you know, a banner that represented something around my message, around what I wanted to share. I'd turn on the camera and I'd go live pronto. And then when I did this on the live stream or the video that I posted, I would share authentically what was going on in my life. I'd probably share, Hey, my whole business has been taken away. Like I have no contact list. I would share like, this is really scary for me. These are the things which are coming up. I'd share my message and what I, what was inside me really authentically. From that place, I would speak to the people in a way where I was calling in my tribe around the people that I actually want to work with. So I would talk to these people in a way where um, they felt that I understood their fears and their dreams and their desires. So I would connect with my people on an emotional level. From that place, I would offer some sort of product or service, which I could easily monetize in that moment so that I could actually help them and solve their problems in a way where it was super simple. So I always tell people, you don't need click funnels. You don't need a fancy sales page. You don't need a webinar software. You don't need all these things. You can use that. Great. We use that now in our business, of course. But to get started, it could be as simple as saying, hey, you know what? If you feel called to have a deeper conversation with me, I have an amazing two-day event, I have an amazing six phone calls, what I'm going to give you, whatever it is, right, that feels aligned, send me a message right now and we'll chat further and you can grab their details over Facebook or over the phone. Like it, it can be that simple. So I would just start, um, yeah, sharing authentically with my audience, speaking to where they were at so in a way where I could help them, solving a problem for them and then monetizing it right away. Mm. Let's talk about vulnerability. You know, you mentioned that, you know, in your video and with, with the video you say you want to put out and, and you know, just being super authentic. I feel a lot of people have issues or blockages with being vulnerable to their audience. Were you always open with your audience or was this a process of unfolding for you? It was a process. So definitely in my last business, the offline business that I walked away from and shut down, I wasn't vulnerable at all. I didn't let anyone see any parts of me. I was in a mindset where I thought I had to be the shiny, perfect person all the time. And that's the part that I brought to the table that only got me so far that capped out my success. It worked, but only up to a certain point. 
And then when I went online, I committed to truly sharing all of myself and truly actually showing up in a way where I was authentically me each and every single day. And I soon realized that part of that was being vulnerable, choosing to be vulnerable. And I realized that it was also a scale. It's a sliding scale. And you can choose where you sit on the vulnerability scale. You don't have to show up and be super vulnerable. It's a choice. But if you do, and if you really push the limits around your vulnerability, then the other side of that, there's more success, more money, more connection, more impact waiting to flow in. Like I've always noticed that the more vulnerable I am, it's in direct proportion to what then flows in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I Yeah, I think the big thing with vulnerability, especially online, is you do need to be careful around the energy that you're sharing your vulnerable stories or moments from. So I see some people who go online and they're being super vulnerable, but they're processing their own emotions. And it's really kind of for themselves, right, at the end of the day, because people are watching and then they get, oh, like, I'm so sorry for you and all these things, right, versus doing your own internal work, feeling good with what's going on, and then being vulnerable and sharing it from a place of, hey, like, this is what I went through. This is what's still going on for me. I'm healing from this right now, if that's the scenario. But here's what you can learn from this too. Here's why I'm sharing this. Here's how this adds value to your life. And the minute you do it from that place, not from a poor me, I'm being so vulnerable place, you actually help your audience rather than just get sympathy from your audience. Mm, 100%. You can be the victim or you can empower your audience. It's it's a very exactly. fine line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's that empowerment that will draw in the people that, that want to work with you. And I find too, like what you're saying, the more vulnerable you get, the more people are attracted to you. And people just want real authentic connection nowadays. And I, I feel that's really the, the wave that we're going towards with social media. It was all photoshopped and pretty edited photos and now like yep. we're tired of that and those who can really show up and share their voice and share their story are the ones that are going to massively jump ahead a thousand percent and you know i really believe that virtual reality is where everything's going and and you're right it's like the day of the perfectly edited photoshopped photos all the time um and you know the the perfect videos with amazing lighting that have been edited all the time like those days are gone and and people want to feel you and you can still have those elements i still have those elements Mm. in my brain but what does really well is the human side of things and and the moments where you take a selfie and you write what's going on internally or you just turn on the live stream and you're really real Um, because people want to feel you at the end of the day. And, you know, that's why things like Snapchat and Instagram stories do so well because they're short, they're fast, they're real, they're in the moment, they're real time. Um, But there's only like so much that you can really edit or put a filter on them. Like they're pretty raw and real at the same time. That's why people love it. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's talk about selling in the online world. And, you know, there's a lot of people who have those offline businesses and they're wanting to bring in an online stream. Where does the majority of your your sales or your clients come from? Is it Instagram? Is it email marketing? Is it Facebook Lives? Uh, or is it a combination? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we're very present across all the platforms. A good 90% plus of our income comes from Facebook. So um, it comes from either my Facebook personal page or my Facebook uh, business-like page. Um, And that's changing over time. In the beginning, it was very much my personal page. I, you know, I was doing over a million dollars in my business before I spent one cent on Facebook ads to give you some perspective, right? I'm not saying that's the way you need to do it. I'm just saying it's possible, right? I didn't understand it. I didn't like it. So I didn't touch it. And I figured it out on my personal page. And then obviously now we use Facebook ads to scale and grow um, with our audience on the like page. So that's the big chunk of it. Um, And then it's pretty even across Instagram, email marketing, um, LinkedIn, you know, the other platforms basically. Mm. 
Beautiful. And you're writing a book now. I saw you post about that. Yeah. So I have two new books coming out this year. Um, I'm not sure when I committed to writing them both at the same time, but apparently that's happening. Um, so one of my new books, um, title is to be revealed and I'm writing this personally myself, but it's all about how you can change your life in under three minutes. Mm -hmm. And so it's basically a playbook where you flip through and there's some internal work to do, which takes you under three minutes to read the section and three minutes to do the work. And the premise is that if you just spend three minutes a day working, working on yourself, it all compounds and then you turn around, um, and your life looks completely different. And then the other book, which we have coming out is co-written, um, with my amazing partner Wampa and it's called the abundance codes. And this book is basically a set of codes, which we downloaded, um, over about nine months and it works through every category of your life. And when you activate these codes, you can tap into true abundance across the board in your life, in your purpose and contribution in money in all of it. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting journey co-writing a book, <laughs> but it's, it's been really fun so far. Mm -hmm. Do you have a specific process for, for writing or for content creation or is you just some, something that you let come organically? Yeah, generally um, with book writing, what I love doing is I love sorting out the intention of the book and almost the marketing first. So who's this for? Like who's going to pick this up? What kind of results do they need? Like I focus a lot on the audience really when I feel a book coming through. Um, then from there, I may or may not sort out the title loosely. Um, and then I work out the structure of the book. So I love working out, I guess, the outline or the chapters. And then from there, I work out the subparts of those chapters. And then I take it piece by piece and I write the sections. So for me, I don't just start writing and see where it goes. Like I'm very intentional around, okay, cool. Here's the st structure. Here's the backbone of it. Here are some of the pieces. And then I work at basically fleshing it out step by step. Hmm. I've talked to a few people who have written books and they always say it's a, it's a growth and a journey for themselves as well. Have you felt that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, there's moments where you don't want to do it. Um, for me, I think one of the big things that come up is, is self-talk, you know, you're writing it and then all of a sudden you start thinking, you know, who really wants to read this? Or, you know, there's other books like this, or this isn't the best book in the world. And I think that's why so many people write books and they never actually publish them is that they get so caught in their own self-judgment with it. Mm, I think self-judgment is something we all face no matter what level you're at. And I love that you're sharing this because, you know, we all want, we're all at some level humble, humble, and we never like to think that we are the cat's pajamas. What are some, some mindset habits or some talk throughs that you do for yourself to get over that self-doubt, no matter what it is that you're doing? Yeah, definitely. So if I see self-doubt coming up, um, I love journaling. It's one of my go-tos in terms of mindset work, but I'm not attached to the tool. Like you could do this through meditation or through talking it out with a coach or a friend. But for me, I love sitting down and I'm always looking at, okay, cool. Like what am I saying to myself? What am I doubting myself about? Let's say it's the book, for example, I would be maybe thinking, you know, who really wants to read this or things like that. So I would sit down and I know that my internal reality directly affects my external reality. So if I'm thinking that, if I have those doubts or fears, I'm going to project that out into the world. So I know that I need to shape it and shift it and, and remold it and reform it. So I start journaling and I might ask myself, okay, cool. Like how would I really love to show up around this book? You know, if I was to get really excited and, and truly believe in this work um, at the highest level, what would be going on? 
And then I start to recraft my beliefs. And so I would start writing out, I believe that this book is amazing. I believe that people receive this book and they read it and is super excited about it. I believe that this is book, this book is released and I feel amazing about it in the launch. So I start writing all this. And now it's not uncommon to finish, to look at it and to go, you know what? Bullshit. I don't feel any of that. <laughs> That's a pretty piece of paper, but I still don't believe it. Right. And the key is to be patient with yourself. It can take some time to completely realign yourself like this. So the next day I do it again, the next day I do it again until I get to a point where it's almost like you forget to do it. You don't need to do it anymore because you've completely rewired yourself. It's like sitting there writing out the sky is blue. The sky is blue. The sky is blue. You just wouldn't do it. You'd be like, I know the sky's blue. You'd be like, I know my book's amazing. Right? So you do flip and you do get to this point, but it can take some work. Hmm. Do you have any habits or rituals that keep you in state, uh, keep your, your mind, your mind, right? Your, your creativity up? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I love my daily morning routine. I used to get very trapped in what is the perfect routine. And, you know, uh, someone said I have to do these seven things in the morning. So that's what I'm going to do. I used to get really bored by doing all of that too. Um, And instead right now, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I always ask myself, what do I really need today? Like, what do I need? And that can look very different. That might be total calm and still and meditation. That might be going for a run and putting really loud music on and moving my body. That might be journaling. It might be just calling someone and talking about something, you know, and so my ritual is very different each and every single day. But I think the big thing is that I give myself what I need. First thing I come first, my soul comes first, and then everything else tends to flow really well after that because I'm setting myself up for success in that way. Mm, I love that. You absolutely have to listen to yourself. I used to be so hard on myself being at the gym and I'm like, no, I have to get in a killer workout. And some days I'm like, no, I'm just going to lay here and stretch and that's okay. a thousand percent. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's great that we have all the, these books or these mentors or these routines, but we really just need to learn what's going to work for us and take what we need at those moments and times and not put that pressure on ourselves to have to live our life a certain way in order to be successful or happy. Exactly. And I think people disconnect from their power. You know, they forget how powerful they truly are. And it's very easy to get lost in the gurus or the personal development world and look outside of yourself. And this person's here, so they must have all the answers. And it's like, you know what? No, like the answers are within you. You know, I even say this around launching and, you know, new products and services online with your business. You know, people, there's so many people teaching launch strategies and you can do these a hundred things. And yes, that can work, but that worked for that person because it was aligned for them. And I'm always asking my clients, what's aligned for you? What's a hell yes in terms of the way that you're launching this product? Does it feel good to do a webinar? No, don't do it. How else are you going to do it? Oh, you want to do it this way on Facebook Live? Perfect. Do that. And so that's when you're going to have success in your business as well as when you really start listening and acting from that place. Mm-hmm. And when you feel aligned and things feel really good for you, what does that look like for you? If someone's listening thinking, well, what does it mean to be aligned? Yeah, I think for me, alignment is, it's a couple of things. So I, I really tune in and I ask myself, okay, what would be aligned right now? Let's say in a launch, right? What would be aligned for me in the way I'm launching this product or service? And I I come up with some sort of idea and then I tune into it and I ask myself, like, how does that feel? Right. And there's, there's a certain feeling where it's like, you know what? Yes, this feels really good. And, And your soul knows within the first three seconds. So if you're past that and then you're doubting it and you're checking again, like you've lost it, right? 
you need to really go with your gut feeling around, you know what? Yes, this feels good. Now you might also come up with a feeling where it's like, oh, you know what? This feels good, but I'm totally scared. That's still alignment, right? I think some people feel the fear and go, oh, that means it's not an alignment. No, it means that you need to deal with the fear and move forward. And then there's a different feeling where it's like, you know what? That doesn't feel good. It feels heavy. It feels horrible. It's the last thing I want to do in my business. Okay, not in alignment. We're not going to do that. So for me, it's differentiating between those feelings of no, this is not an alignment. And yes, it is. But I've got some internal work to do to make it feel even better. Mm -hmm. Have you ever hit any burnout periods in your business with your launching or, or pushing for things? Yeah, look, in my online business, no. <laughs> in my other business, when I was kind of out of alignment, doing everything myself, didn't have a team, yes, a thousand percent. I mean, I was pretty permanently exhausted, um, working really hard, traveling, not sleeping, like it was full on. I was also taking pride in that. I was going, look how hard I'm working until I really decided that I want to manifest in a very different way. Um, so, you know, often in my online business, it's not unusual for us to be launching anywhere between four and six products at a time online. Um, I don't believe in the big, you know, you have to spend nine months preparing for a launch and then launch once a year and then that's your launch. Like you can do it that way. I just don't believe in that. I believe launching can be easy. It's fun. You can launch all the things all at the, all at one time if you choose. Um, and it can be super easy. So often, you know, I, I'll, I'll laugh because I'll be somewhere. I'll be lying on a tropical island. I'll be out with friends. I'll be at dinner and I'll check my phone. I'm like, oh, and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just launching something right now. And they're like, how are you doing that? Right. And I think too many people treat launching like you're having a baby versus it's just a normal part of your everyday life. So all of these are just choices. So I've kind of chosen for it to be very different from when I went online. Mm -hmm. And I think it's kind of launching has been glorified. Meanwhile, I mean, people have been launching things in their business since the beginning of time, whether it's been online or offline. And now, you know, we have launch coaches and it's almost like a very glorified moment. So I think it's hyped up and there's so much high energy around it that people put that heavy stress on themselves. Oh, a thousand percent. It just does not need to be that way. <laughs> it mm -hmm. doesn't. Do you have any regroup uh, regimens or anything that you do to recharge yourself from time to time? I see that you were just in Peru. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very good at recharging. <laughs> I think it's one of my strong points. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, definitely for me, whenever I'm running a live event, I generally clear two to five days after that. Um, just because it is a lot of energy holding space for a lot of people. Um, and I love it. But I know if I go straight back into life and business, um, I do eventually get burnt out or sick or not feel good. Right. And so I've kind of taught myself that Okay, cool. I get that time. So that looks different every time. It might be a few days rest. It might be spending time with my partner. It might be doing an adventure thing and going on a hike, like whatever it is. It's again, alignment, right? It's totally what feels good. Um, I know, you know, this event in Peru, we just finished, um, which is my longest event, which is a nine day event. So for me, it feels, it feels long. It feels like a substantial commitment. And after it, we spent the first two days, literally just relaxing. We were just in bed. We spent five hours in the spa every day. Um, so those were just our rituals to really just nurture our own energy back to a really good place and feel really good. Mm. What are you looking forward to this year? What do you have coming up? 
Oh my goodness, there's a lot to look forward to. <laughs> I have crazy travel um, mapped out for the whole year, so I'm very, very, very excited to be speaking in some some cool places that I haven't been in um, for a while. So I'm speaking over in London. I'm speaking in um, Tallinn in Estonia, um, and yeah, some some really cool places. We have a recharge um, moment booked in Rarotonga, not Rarotonga, sorry, in Bora Bora. Um, so we're excited to go there. So yeah, there's just a lot of really beautiful travel and lifestyle things, which obviously will flow into impact so it's feeling really good this year Mm, I love it well I won't take up too much of your time I have one last question that I like to end everybody with if you could go back to your 20 year old self what would you want her to know I think the biggest thing I would tell her is really just to believe in herself. And I know that sounds maybe cliche or stereotypical, but there are so many times where, especially when I was about 20, where I didn't believe in myself, I didn't trust myself and I didn't listen. And I was very obsessed with trying to do what someone else said or what does a successful person do? So that must be the way. And I put a lot of my power outside of myself and I gave a lot of my power away only to do a full circle background to realize that oh, you know what? I thought of that in the beginning or that was my idea or wow. Yeah, that's what I felt was right. And I didn't listen. I didn't do it. And so there were a lot of times like that where I, you know, if I just listened and trusted at a deeper level, everything would have just happened faster. Mm. Thank you so much for your time today, Regan. You're so welcome. It's been amazing chatting with you. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Honestly, shows and podcasts like this are not possible without you. So I have so much gratitude for my listeners. You freaking rock. If you want to find me over on Instagram, I am sarah.fennel. Tag me in a post. Let me know what your favorite episode is. Hit me up with a DM. I will always write you back. Shows like this are not possible without ratings and reviews. So if you feel so moved, please write me an honest comment, an honest review, and let us know what you think of the show. 